Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited because tomorrow the weather is supposed to be nice. Today it's not nice and I'm going to go to the zoo with my little baby. And uh, That'll be fun. So yeah, that's the thing I'm looking forward to. That'll be good. Yeah. How about you? The weather's actually super nice today. So mm. after I finish up my meetings for the day, I'm going to try and run home and take the pup out for a longer walk and get a little bit of fresh air, hopefully. That'll be so nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess we can hop right into podcasting today. I feel like we don't have a ton. Let's see. First, we can do some housekeeping. The Creator Network. We talked about it at some point in another podcast. If you haven't signed up for the wait list, go sign up. It's creatornetwork.com. And that is a new ConvertKit feature coming But the sooner you sign up to the waitlist, the sooner you get access to that feature. And it's a way for you to grow your email list by partnering with other creators who have similarities to you and recommending each other to your audiences. So I'm in it. I have access to the feature and it's been insane. My list has, I think, doubled at this point. So that's been really awesome and highly recommend it. And then speaking of my list, I'll do a little self-plug. If you like this podcast, you'll probably like my newsletter which is called Deliverability Dispatch, comes out every Friday. And it's basically almost really a deliverability course that's delivered over email. The URL to sign up is deliverability.ck.page slash newsletter. We will put it in the show notes. But anyways, I want to make sure you all know about that. It's amazing. Can you think of anything else? Oh, thank you. I hope it's not too wordy. No, it's great. And I love the... um, I'm always impressed by your subject lines. They're so eye-catching. I forgot that you messaged me about the last one. And (laughs) I don't know if I replied, but I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) I did. I thought it was really good. It was a little spicy. It was. I liked it. Uh, Anything else you can think of we need to let everybody know about? I don't think so. I can't think of anything. Of course, you know, if you want to go leave us a review. I don't think we've had anyone leave a review in quite a while. Mm. And it's just a little thing that really helps us. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we're just talking to ourselves. I know we're not. You're listening and we're so thankful. But that's like a really great way for us to see like, oh, someone's listening to this. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes, definitely. So if you want to go leave us a review, we would love it. It makes our day. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, well, we will get into the topic of the day, which is how to run an inbox placement test. And even more than that, like when to run one, are they helpful? Are they not helpful? So we'll get right into it. Yeah, sounds good. Do you want to tell us what an inbox placement test is for those who haven't heard of one? Yeah, an inbox placement test can be a helpful tool that, you know, we have a platform that we use to run these. But basically, we take a sample message from a customer. It could be one that they've already sent out to their list that maybe didn't perform very well. And we will upload a list of or import, excuse me, a list of seed list addresses. These are addresses that don't actually belong to a real person. And we will send that sample message to the list. And then Usually whatever platform you're using will display kind of some results about where those messages landed, if they went to the spam folder or if they landed in the inbox. 
So it's a pretty um, straightforward, like, little test you can do. There's a lot to it in regards of, like, like Alyssa said, when to do one or what your goal is Yep, in doing one. Such a good explanation. Yeah, exactly. It's for when you're wondering, are my emails going to the inbox or the spam folder? And you don't really know. I think that's where a lot of people turn. They turn to an inbox placement test to tell them. So I would say the main reason why they can be helpful sometimes is to get that information. But not to jump too far ahead, one of the things to keep in mind is that with an inbox placement test, basically you're sending your email to a bunch of fake email addresses that don't belong to real humans. Mm -hmm. At least that's like the typical way to send an inbox placement test. Mm -hmm. They call that a seed list. So those seed email addresses, they're just like vacant mailboxes that will report back where the message landed. So keep in mind, those aren't real humans. And with deliverability, Mm -hmm. where the message lands, inbox, spam, wherever, promotions, primary, that's very custom to the human on the other side Mm -hmm. and their engagement. So the way that your email lands in the inbox for a bunch of robot email addresses Mm -hmm. is not a perfect representation of where your emails land when you send your emails to your list of people who signed up to receive them. So I would say that's one thing to keep in mind there. Mm -hmm. There's another kind of inbox placement test, but I think they are less common or maybe even completely eradicated Mm -hmm. due to privacy laws. But I think there are still some providers who have it. It's called panel data. I think this is really interesting. Basically, the way that this works is if you've ever seen those softwares that are like, hey, if you download this app, we'll go through your email inbox for you and unsubscribe you from a bunch of stuff like that you're not opening, Mm -hmm. those sorts of tools that are free. It's like, well, they're free because they're selling your data. And this is one way that those things get used is the panel data will, it's data from real email inboxes and tells you where your emails land in those real inboxes. Mm -hmm. But again, there was some issue, I think specifically with Gmail not allowing panel data anymore. So I don't think many tools offer it, or if they do, it's just not as helpful. So for the most part, you're going to be running an inbox placement test to seed list addresses that don't belong to humans and belong to, you know, robot email addresses. Right. Yeah. And just to reiterate the kind of all of the, you know, we've talked about this before, all of the things that can happen when an email is successfully accepted by the mailbox provider. I think we had an example of this recently on our first episode this season with Nathan about how someone couldn't find their e- the email and they're based on one word in the email that they received from Nathan, it actually was filtered out into a different folder. So that's just like an example of, you know, how, (laughs) without jumping too far ahead again, but like how an inbox placement test, you really have to keep an open mind and not take it for the absolute because there are so many other factors that, that occur in those mailbox boxes and, and with subscriber behavior. So just to reiterate that. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I think it gets to the point that if you're going to run an inbox placement test and try to gather insights from it, you have to use that data alongside Mm. your real subscriber data. I would say this is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest mistakes I see creators or email senders make is they think maybe they have a deliverability problem or maybe they just want to get an idea of what their deliverability is like. So they run an inbox placement test and, you know, they're deliverability in their actual like 
world, they have 60% open Mm -hmm. rates and a very engaged list and everyone's responding to their emails. They love them. Like everything is going good. They run an inbox placement test and it says, you're on three block lists. All your emails are going to spam at Microsoft or Gmail or wherever and people panic. Mm -hmm. And you have to be like, okay, let's take a step back. Look at the real world, what's happening and does this align? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, these seed list tests probably are not actually accurate. But if you're seeing like, oh, wow, my open rates have really dropped overnight. I want to run an, an inbox placement test. It says I'm going to spam at Gmail. Let me test with an, you know a Gmail account I have. Okay, it's going to spam. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to do that double checking. and More steps. Exactly. So not to jump <laughs> again, we just like said, screw the outline. We're just yeah. going to talk about it, which is fine. <laughs> but I would say like, the main reasons people might run an inbox placement test is to either fix a problem, you're seeing a problem, want to fix it, or you're just curious, like where am I, where are my emails going? Inbox, mm-hmm. spam folder. Or you're looking for a reputation score, which we've talked about before, is not a thing. Mm-hmm. There isn't a reputation score across the board of all email deliverability. So that's something that these tests cannot help you find. Exactly. So we can talk about some of the reasons like we kind of are jumping all over the place, but let's talk about some of the reasons why they can be helpful. So they can give information about where, like we said, where emails are landing in different mailbox providers. So if you did have some kind of a potential reputation problem, it helps you drill down to a specific mailbox. Like you said, Alyssa, you can test um, with another, you know, a test address that's maybe a legitimate address with that particular provider and maybe, you know, gain some more insight in that way. And then, you know, maybe like you see that your open rates have kind of dropped a little bit and you see that a lot of your emails are landing in the promotions tab, which, you know, we have a whole episode about the promotions tab and and I won't go too much into it, but maybe that just helps you identify why your open rates are a little bit lower than normal because I don't know, maybe people aren't seeing the message or it's hard to say. So again, one of those, it's like a marker to say, maybe this is a direction I could kind of go down to decide if this is what's happening. And then obviously, you know, if your your emails are landing in the primary folder and you have really good engagement, like you said before, then it just sort of solidifies the fact that you're kind of doing all the right things and it looks like you're in a good spot. Yep, exactly. So let's talk about how, how do you run one? There are all sorts of tools out there. Some are free, some are not free. I would say for most people wanting a free inbox placement test, I usually recommend Glock apps. Um, not, you know, because I have any like brand loyalty to them or relationship with them. I just think it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to use. It's easy. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to get insights. I think that eventually it becomes paid, but I at least last time I used it, which has been mm-hmm. probably over a year at least, you could do a, a one test for free. So that's maybe a good place to start. Some others that are not free are like Kickbox, Inbox Monster. Um, I think hmm. MX Toolbox has that feature. I haven't used it before, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you can Google Inbox Placement Test and find quite a bit of tools out there. So I would say, you know, pick a platform that you would say is you think is reliable. All platforms are going to have their issues. Like we said, you can't just Mm -hmm. see the data and trust it and say, oh, this is 100% accurate. That's just not the way these inbox placement tests work, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You really do have to just use them as a potential signal in a place for you to go dig in and do more investigating on your own to see, is this real? Is this not real? 
Right. And we kind of, I already went over this a bit when I talked about what an inbox placement test is, but every platform has kind of a different variation of how to do this. They can be, they're not, I would say like in the platforms I've worked in, they've not ever been too complicated, but just make sure you do your research, find out how each platform functions. There can be some small details that are important in order to make sure you're doing it the right way. So obviously just follow their, their help guides, but you'll take a piece of content, maybe a previously sent email, maybe one that didn't perform as well. That's that's just how I usually pick what I decide to test. And then you'll you'll import that list of seed addresses if the um, that platform gives you that list, and then you'll send to that list. And then it usually doesn't take very long to get the results back in the platform. Um, one piece of advice is just to triple check the list that you're sending to. Um, that's something that you wouldn't want to accidentally send, you know, a duplicate message to your entire audience or anything like that. So um, (laughs) if I could give, I mean, every time I do one for a customer at ConvertKit, I probably more than triple check everything because that's just a lot of pressure uh, when you get ready to click the send button. Um, So (laughs) yeah, I would, you know, make an internal note in that particular message double check that you're sending to the same amount of people that are on the seed list, all of that. And yeah, I would say it's a relatively straightforward test that you can do that doesn't necessarily take a huge effort on the sender's part, which is kind of nice. Yep, exactly. So I think it might be helpful to talk about like what to expect. Mm -hmm. What are the results going to look like? Every tool is different, like we've said, but for the most part, all the tools I've used will tell you where did the message land for like the top mailbox providers, depending on the tool, some of them will show all sorts. I know I've used 250OK, where I think they show like 100 or something mailbox providers, all sorts of international providers Mm -hmm. that you might not even send messages to. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, they're going to show you Gmail, Microsoft, and that's, you know, like Hotmail and Outlook, the free Microsoft addresses, and then Microsoft Office addresses, which are the B2B, not free addresses, Yahoo, sometimes Comcast, mm-hmm. AT&T, things like that. So they're going to show you which percentage of messages landed in the inbox, what percent landed in spam. And they're usually going to show you the percentage that landed in the promotions tab, if applicable for that mm-hmm. uh, mailbox provider. And sometimes you can drill down and see more information, get the message headers, if you want to do that sort of investigating. Some of these tools have like content scoring. So they'll tell you, oh, you you know had some HTML errors or mm-hmm. this link didn't work or we thought, you know, you had some spammy words, which is another topic for us to get into another time. But that can be helpful sometimes. They'll usually tell you about authentication. Mm-hmm. They'll check your SPF DMARC DKIM, tell you if those are passing. I do want to highlight that a lot of times that throws out errors that actually don't matter for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we see this all the time. People write in and say, oh my gosh, I did an inbox placement test and I use ConvertKit and it says, I don't have a DKIM record set up. I'm freaking out. And it's like, okay, that's, it's okay. Calm down. We do DKIM for you. So yeah. even if you want to sign your messages with DKIM using your own domain, it still would show a red flag because we're doing that through a CNAME record mm-hmm. and the DKIM record actually lives in ConvertKit's system. So mm-hmm. it's going to show that your domain doesn't have a DKIM record. Yeah. I can't put together that you're using ConvertKit right. to like in that way. 
Yeah. So even if the message is passing SPF, DKIM, and DMARC, mm-hmm. these tools usually will give you a red flag if your domain doesn't have the records that it thinks that it should. So that's an area where we've seen inbox placement tests cause a lot of panic and confusion that don't actually make a difference. Right. And along with that, like you said, there's a lot of international mailboxes. So if you see that like all your messages are going to spam at a French mailbox provider, but you don't really have a lot of French email addresses, that's just something too that we've had to bring up before. Like you may not have any and it's showing that, you know, messages are going to spam. So you kind of have to take those with a grain of salt too, because they don't always pinpoint, again, what's happening with your list and your situation. They can only get so specific. Yeah, that's such a good call out. And it's like, if the goal of the inbox placement test is, oh no, my open rates have dropped and you don't have any (laughs) subscribers at that domain that they're saying Mm -hmm. all your emails are going to spam, then it's like, I know that seeing anything in red that's like warning, you want to fix it. We all have that. It's a little triggering. Yes, we all have that in us. Like, I don't want to see any warnings on this page. But sometimes you have to be okay with the warnings and say, this isn't helpful information. I got to put it aside. It's not what's at, you know, the root of why I'm doing this test. Right. And I would say the other big panic causer is the block list checks. Yes. That almost all of these tools do, which I I think we also have an episode on block lists if you want to get more into that. But these tools will check the IP of the, you know, that sent the message Mm -hmm. to the test and it'll run it on a block list check and it's going to check hundreds or maybe even thousands of block lists. And if the IP that you're using is on one of those block lists, it's going to be red and scary and say, OMG, you're on five block lists or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing we see people usually have a huge panic about. And of course, if you see a big drop in open rates, you run this test and boom, there's a big warning. You're on a block list. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. problem solved. Figured it out. Here's the issue. But it actually usually is not and usually didn't cause the issue at all. So if you're using an email service provider like ConvertKit, there's a good chance that the IPs you're using to send are on a block list somewhere. And that might sound shocking if you're listening to this, but I promise it's not. You know, we send over 2 billion messages a month. I've worked at multiple ESPs and it's just the way things are because there are thousands of block lists out there. I could start a block list right now if I want to. And it doesn't always mean that that block list is causing a problem. Mm -hmm. Just because I start a block list doesn't mean Gmail is going to start blocking your messages. They don't care about my block list. So there are a handful, there are quite a bit of block lists out there that don't actually make an impact, Mm -hmm. at least for most of your subscribers. There are some block lists out there that make a huge impact. So you're probably wondering, well, how will I know? That's where your... ESP's deliverability team comes in. So if you use ConvertKit, that's where Melissa and I come in. Mm -hmm. We can help you distinguish. The good thing about ConvertKit is that if we are on a block list that makes, you know, an impact, impact. we're fixing it. Um, We already know about it and it's probably already been resolved by the time you see it. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very rare. I'm going to knock on wood. Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often. So, yeah. And I would say, you know, there are other ESPs that way. There are other ESPs that are not that way and don't have a deliverability team. So be sure to check that when you're looking for an ESP. Mm -hmm. But all that to say, if you see, oh no, you're on block list, don't panic. Reach out to us or whoever you're using as your ESP and ask them about it. Every ESP should be able to tell you about block lists. And if it is an impactful one, they should be able to get it removed. 
Right. And that goes for every other topic that comes up with an inbox placement test too. Like usually the worst thing a sender can do is make decisions while they're in panic mode because a lot of times that ends up causing more issues. So if you are unsure of what direction to go in, if you're unsure if you should make changes to your DNS settings or, you know, anything like that, and you you know, if you're at an ESP that has a deliverability team, reach out and ask for help. If you're at ConvertKit, we're always here to help with that too. That's just something that we've definitely seen before where people just, they're in panic mode. They want to make changes because they want to instantly fix something. And also something to add to that too is if you do have a domain reputation issue, there's probably not anything you can do within the 10 minutes that you ran the inbox placement test, found the results that's going to fix your domain reputation in that instant. So that's just something to keep in mind. Like panicking doesn't solve that issue. And the best thing you can do is reach out to an expert and get some advice on what changes or steps you can take next that are actionable and helpful. Yep, definitely. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we haven't really touched on when it comes to inbox placement tests. I would say if you're someone who's just really into data and you Mm -hmm. want to have a pulse on things, there are tools where you can set it up to where every single time you send an email, it sends an inbox placement test over to these seed addresses. So if you're all about the data and you want to know where every single message of yours landed, hypothetically, with these mm-hmm. bot addresses, basically, you can do that. So you can check that out on those tools. Most people, I think, usually just run these one off whenever they either feel like they might have an issue or they're mm-hmm. just curious. <laughs> so if that's you, just take the data you get with a grain of salt check your real life data alongside of the data you see and come to your own conclusion. And don't be afraid to loop in an expert Mm -hmm. whenever you see something that looks like it could be off. But like Melissa said, don't go too far down a rabbit hole by yourself. We see it all the time. And it's just so hard to watch because someone will see a warning like, oh my goodness, I don't have a DKIM record enabled, but their DKIM was passing just fine. That was not the cause of the issue. And they go and talk to their tech person. They figure out how to get a DKIM record set up. They do all the work and then they talk to, you know, then the issue still happens. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I I thought I fixed this. They eventually get to a deliverability expert who tells them like, oh, that was just that inbox placement test flagging something that didn't actually matter. Here's the real problem. And then you have to go fix the real problem. So right. Yeah, I hope that helps. And if you're a ConvertKit customer and you are having a deliverability problem, maybe you just want a pulse on your account, I'm happy to run an inbox placement test for you. So please reach out if you're interested in that. And, you know, that's something that we can provide at ConvertKit. It's not something that I would do for a customer like every month or anything like that. But if you've never had one before, if you're interested in what that looks like, please send us a message and I'm, I'm happy to do that. Love it. That's so generous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that was a short episode, but hopefully it was nice, bite-sized, something you can take away. And again, we're here to help. If you need us, Alyssa at ConvertKit.com, Melissa at ConvertKit.com. <laughs> we need to just get a joint. Like, I know. Lissa. Melissa. And it's, yeah. yeah. Yes. Alyssa. Oh my gosh. That's a good idea. I know. We should. Alrighty. Uh, if you have anything you want us to talk about next week or the week after, just email us again and we will we will be happy to talk about whatever you want us to talk about. We love recommendations and suggestions. It's a fun way to feel like, uh, you know, Alyssa said earlier, where we're not just talking to the ether somewhere. Yep, exactly. Cool. Alrighty. See you next week. 
Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.